You know the scene from Zoolander where they're trying to break into the Mac computers where they're just like slapping it? Yeah, bro. Yeah. That, that was what that situation was like. Yeah. Um, no, Every hi fi was the most stressful thing in the whole world. It's yeah, it's fucked, isn't it? Especially when you have no idea what you're looking for or what you're doing. You know. I don't know who I don't know who works there. You can't tell just, fuck, just fucking children. Just people basically. they well, there's some dude in a beanie vaping in the corner. He works there. So it's like unreal. I walk in it's... and I'm like, yeah, man, I'm looking for you know something. And then some dude will just emerge from a puff of clouds. And then or, or you ask some geek. And they'll be like, no, sorry, bro, I'm buying a MacBook. So yeah, yeah, that's sorry. right. And like you, and then look down on you because you don't know what you're doing, mate. Let's 100%. fucking let's fucking rip in. We're a bit uh, out of schedule last week. Um, I'm moving all around the country. The routine was thrown. Now we finally managed to get on schedule and get one out. So this will go out Tuesday for anyone listening. We're recording on Sunday. Lots to talk about. I want to hear your opinion on the current Joe Rogan situation. It's very interesting to I'm me. To, let, let me just finish. I'm, I'm, it's very interesting to me the minds of these super successful people because if I was Joe and all the stuff that he does and has done, I would be get, looking at this whole thing going, well, I don't fucking need to do this. I've got all the money in the world. I'm interested in so many things. So in my head, I'd be going, well, I don't need this shit. But then on the flip side of that, I'd be going, well, I don't want to let these people beat me. And that would probably be the bigger motivation for me, but I'm intrigued to hear your thoughts on it. I'm kind of scared to share my thoughts on it because I did. I put up a poll on my Instagram, and one in three people effectively want to cancel it, which is scary. But then I put up another one. I only put it up for two hours. I said, "If you want to cancel him, have you listened to the ten episodes yet?" Not everyone saw it. No one replied. So. I don't, I don't understand. I think, like, I don't understand. Like, I've, I listened to all, pretty much every medical expert he's ever had on last week. And he's had on, like, Sanjay Gupta from CNN, like, far, far left, like, conventional. He has on the guy who invented the, you know, pretty much the vaccine technology, which is now the controversial one. You can, people, you can't just, you can't just make people disappear when you don't like what they say. Like, it's uh, it's scary. You can't do that. You got to let them speak. I listen to. Do you know how many people I listen to? Who I fucking don't want to listen to. Like seriously, I, all the time. But I can't just stop them existing. Um, but I think the most the interesting thing is I don't think anyone who's listened to all ten episodes or all seventeen hundred episodes or a vast majority would ever want to cancel them because they actually understand what he's doing. Yeah. I, I agree. I think it's, I think, as you said, we talk to people all the time that I would like to cancel and get rid of them, but, you know, just because I don't like what they have to say or I don't like them doesn't mean that I have the ability to cancel them. But the, the bigger thing for me is, like, if I disagree with something that you say, it's up to me how to deal with it. I don't have to try and destroy you so that no one else ever has to listen to you. If I want to rebut you, I come back, oh. with, some arg- I come back with some arguments you know, give my point of view and then hopefully we can come to some kind of conclusion. And if we can't, then, and I decide that, hey, I don't like this guy, I'm just stop listening to you. But I don't have to destroy you in the process. No, and the, the craziest part is that the, I think the people, no one, the people who want to cancel don't listen to it. That's what's weird. So it won't impact them at all, but they still want to do it. It's got to, it's like, it's got to be a product of just society now, but like 
he's done 1,700 episodes. And That's a lot, man. Eight, he's, and he's interviewed so fuck, like probably 100 doctors over time. And because he interviewed three this year who didn't agree with the current sentiment, you want his show not to exist anymore. Like, I was going to post and I didn't because I'm like, I don't want to, I'm not trying to like, you know, maybe people just clicked and didn't feel like, didn't feel strongly either way. But like, if you don't like Joe, you want to cancel Joe Rogan, you're going to love China. Like, go somewhere where you can't do anything. Exactly right. What the fuck do you mean? It's just, it's madness, man. It's scary madness. It makes me scared. it, It is, it is scary. It's like anything you say that offends anyone. You're going, well, if they're going after this guy, like I'm, like, I'm going to be doing podcasting for years. So um, hopefully I'll get to the stage where people are trying to cancel me because then that's how I really know that I fucking made it. But it's like, it's like when, did, when did having the ability to share an opinion and then just disagreeing and not listening to it uh, stop happening? And, and, and rather than trying to, you know, I'm repeating myself over and over again, which I have a habit of doing, but... What about teaching people how to think about things that they disagree with? So go, hey, let's listen to his opinion. Uh, maybe don't like that. You know, I'll go listen to someone else. Or maybe I'll, I'll, oh, that's an interesting point. Let's go and get more educated on it. And, oh, this is another guy who has a different point of view. And then actually think about how to deal with that rather than going, hey, I don't like this guy. Let's just destroy him. You know? Straight up. Like, the, there's a, the project is on at 7 o'clock every night. And it is effectively Terrible a show program. full of psychopaths. It is a Terrible. show full of psychopaths. But, like, talk about extreme. That's on mainstream television. Like, I, I would love to cancel that. I'll, I'll do you a trade left. If the project stops happening, Joe can leave Spotify. There you go. Project is a terrible program. Terrible. It's horrific. Um, we need to get off Joe Rogan because I think there will be people up. who... Well, yeah, I am because it's ridiculous, but I think there'll be people who want to cancel him and they have no fucking idea why. So let's not alienate them. I want to cancel you. Yeah, well, it's not going to fucking happen. Good luck, everyone. <laughs> not, not yet. Maybe one day. What are you on the, you're on the beers already? That's good. This Sunday. Uh, Diet Coke, mate. Silly Sunday. You know, I'm not Diet a big drinker. Coke. You know, I'm not a big drinker. I'm surprised you're awake at this hour. No, me neither, mate. I barely drink at all. Just three or four days a week. Um, you know, Thursday might be my fourth or fifth favorite day of the week to drink at the moment. But, mate, something else I wanted to have a rant to you about before we get into all the footy yeah. stuff is is it yeah, it, it's something that's been not bothering me, but like if you look at social media and athletes and the the life of an athlete, people rightly or wrongly are fascinated with professional sports people and the lives they get to live and the travel and you know what are they eating, what are they gymming. You know, all that kind of shit. And, and I think in Australia, there's still this kind of narrative, for, for lack of a better word, that athletes should be humble, not, to, not do too much self-promotion on their Instagram or social media. And I'm going, some of these guys, this is their opportunity to set themselves up for life after. And, and to me, if, if I was in the Waratah squad, and it would be frowned upon, I know. But like, look at the way um, Quade Cooper does his Instagram. He gives people an insight into his personality, his life, you know, his travel, his interest in clothing, all that kind of shit, coffee. He's doing Q&As, giveaways, all that kind of shit. When he eventually stops playing and decides he wants to start a business, he's got an Instagram account with 500,000 people who are engaged in his life and who want to know what he's doing. 
So he's done it really well. I think Taniella Tupo is doing it really well as well. So when he decides that he wants to stop playing, he's going to go straight into some kind of business and have this huge base already. Man, I'm breathing heavy today. But but what I'm, what I'm thinking, what I'm thinking, and what if you look at the NFL, there's guys that have podcasts, start their own clothing brands. They're trying to do things to engage with their fans away from the sport so that when they finish playing, they've got this base where they can actually go and do something. What are your what are your thoughts? Like in, in Australian society, it's almost a little bit frowned upon to promote yourself in that way. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Like, uh, but I suppose my thought is the as look, you've got to make sure your garden's all sorted first. So in terms of your playing, like if your playing wasn't going that well, but you were spooking this or that or the other, like it's gonna hurt. I think the coaches will be like, What the fuck are you doing? Can you please like Maybe turn down the podcast. Maybe like the clothing line's not necessary. But at, like if you're at the top of your game, so Quade's at the end of his game, so he can do whatever he likes. If you're at the top of your game, like Taniello or like um, like those guys in the NFL who really like to be honest, like they sign a mega deal and they're sort of semi-set for a little while. Yeah. It's a great idea. So I think it, I think it's a good idea. I think that. Yeah, Australia usually would say trained. I think conventionally would be like, yeah, that guy's a bit of a knob. But you know, I think it's it's good for them to do that stuff. They it'll help their income stream one day. But uh, I, yeah, it's important as well that like you've got to make sure you you've sorted out your playing first because the first thing they'll come at you about is like, well, did you need to do that photo shoot last week? You know, you missed eight tackles on the weekend. That's hundred percent. No, that that's a really good point. And you see it with some fighters. Like remember when Ronda Rousey started doing movies, and the fighting kind of fell off from there because she wasn't putting, yeah. she wasn't putting what got her to the dance first. So I hundred percent agree with that. But but I think that there's guys who could set themselves up with careers after the after the game by doing a little bit of sort of engagement with social media and posting about this on Twitter or that on Twitter, and just marketing themselves a little better i think well there's none yeah there's none at the moment so i think no, it, the, if you come there's taniella two come from the franchise and that that's about that's about it like it, I, i've seen a few of the all blacks boys have like a little vlog that they do um you know there's guys with podcasts a lot of the league guys are starting to do podcasts now um there's vlogs yeah i saw there's like kaylin ponger kaylin ponger and connor watson and that would do a podcast like that's really smart man um, it, it, it is smart. I mean, he's obviously, I don't know who the other two are, but Callum Pong is a decent player by all accounts. Yeah. So I think it's like, it's, it's, it's really smart. Yeah. So once he eventually builds an audience and then decides, hey, rugby league's no longer doing it for me, then if he wants to go and start like an alcohol company or he wants to start a clothing brand or consulting or whatever, he's got that audience already and people that are invested in his story. Yeah, I mean, I, if you look at, I suppose, the Waratahs at the moment, we effectively know nothing about any of them except well, for Michael Hooper. Well, that's right. Yeah. And, and and like Holloway's a friend of ours, so we know we know about him. But like I, I say this yeah. over and over again, if I know about the person, their story, and a little bit of their background, I'd be more likely to support them because everyone's got a good story. Yeah, but absolutely. if they're not telling us about them, then why would I give a fuck? Yeah, I think I think some of that should come could come from the media as well, like the, their media departments, like pushing out their individual stories. There are a couple of years ago the Tars were pushing like the big country thing, like Paddy Ryan, Country Boy, Ned Hannigan, like Nobby, like those guys, and that was that was a good line. They're, they're on the right track there, but it would be good to, 
I don't know, maybe they could deep dive once a week and think, tell us something about summer. I think it's insane that all teams don't have a podcast as well. All they'd have to do is do one a week, half an hour, 20 minutes, an hour, whatever, and just give like do a podcast on the on a person in the team or a legend of the organization or whatever. And then they could promote the the brand as well. So just say you, the Waratahs have a podcast, Hoops could be episode one, and then they have like more marketing opportunities for their sponsors as well as telling the story of the Waratahs. Um, yeah. I, I don't know why more people. Bad idea. Play. I still think, I still think at the moment that everyone's just like, "Fuck, we need to win. We need to play footy." I hundred percent, hundred percent. But like you know, from someone that started a podcast as a business thing. Uh, and and actually realizing that hey it's it's far better than that because you can actually build a brand through podcasting and all of a sudden because I do this people like take me seriously or some people do anyway most people don't but <laughs> um, well no that's a good it's not a bad idea I suppose the uh, did you watch the guitar stuff yesterday I watched a little bit of it yeah which bit did you watch. Uh, a little bit of all of it, and um, to to me, it's very noticeable the jump between shoot shield and super rugby players, particularly when you put it in a uh, situation like that. What did you make of it? I know you went out there. I didn't go out there. I thought you I went out, out there, there, or did you watch it on TV? No, I watched it on TV. Um, it was. I don't think I saw anything I didn't expect to see. That would be more. There was no surprises in the game. Like Cass was called a good try. Uh, that was a surprise. <laughs> who, who, who did? Newcastle scored a try. I saw that. Yeah, that was yeah, good. yeah. That, that young 13, or you might not be young, but he looked young. Uh, he scored a good try, showed good wheels. Uh, the uh, But, yeah, I, look, I didn't really see anything that I took me by surprise. I was, I was sort of watching it more to see what the three teams had put together. Um, and what did and, you make of it? Yeah. Well, I, 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 there was no, there was no real surprises. Well, look, we've we've still got eight weeks to the season. I thought some of the boys looked like uh, perhaps a little underdone, and at probably as what you would expect at this time of year. Um, I, I thought it was a good idea, to be honest. I think the Tars should do that more often. Maybe Sydney Uni. I, mean, I was bit, thinking about East that yesterday, though. What's that? Sorry, but like, what, what did I, I think it was a good look? Uh, this season's all. It's a. It's as much of a PR stunt as it is. Like it's a morale about rugby, boost, like they've got, they got, they got to re, but they've got to re-engage. They've got to re-engage everyone, right? So that's what everything's about. Reset twenty-two, which is they're right. They have to. So I think part of that was going and playing. I suppose what, what three of the bottom four teams from last year in you know, a sort of thirty-five minute trial, uh, thirty-minute trial. I don't know what they got would have got out for it playing-wise, except for maybe like numbers thirty to thirty-five getting a run. Yeah. Um, but in terms of a concept and like taking the Tars to uh, the new stadium at Para, like you know, that's, that, that's yeah. I think that's probably the best you could say about it. <laughs> well, it was, look, it wasn't a, it wasn't a great day of footy. Let's be honest. Like it was it was what it was pretty much twenty six nil in every half. Yeah, look, was, uh, uh, I thought the Tars. Like I watched hurt. the Tars last trial. I've I've seen some improvements, so I'm, I'm optimistic that they're going to uh, do all right this year. Um, I, I definitely don't think they'll make the finals, but I think they'll improve on last year. Um, but as as someone very smart once said to me, when you're on the bottom, the only way to go is up. What else have we got to yeah, talk about? I, thought, I had some, I had some other yeah, fucking rant but, that I wanted to go on about. This is what happens when you fucking talk too much shit. 
before I, before we do that, just more specifically, the I thought um, Tang was very good. You can say I'm biased, but he was pretty he was pretty good. Tristan Riley scored three tries, uh, but he's not an outside center. I'm sorry, he's not. Um, the I think the the main issue they're going to have is back three. I don't know what their back three looks like at the moment. They've sort of played around with it a lot. Curly or slot slot in there. You, you got Isaiah Parisi. I'm sure he'll be involved. Or is he more of a centre? Yeah, Curly's, it's Curly, not, it's Curly, Curly 22 or 23. He's, he's coming back. He, he'll be, um, he wasn't there on the weekend, I'm pretty sure, but he's coming back and will be in the outside backs for sure. Well, he has to play. Like Based on sort of what, they got, what they're looking at, he, he, he has to play 15. Yeah. What would you say, 22 or 23? You'd have him on the bench. No, I meant like, is he back this year or next year? No, I'm pretty sure he's back this year. Okay. I'm almost certain of it. I'm almost certain. I might be wrong, but I thought he was coming back for this Super Rugby season. Because he's trying, maybe it is next year. This is terrible journalism, by the way. Yeah, but the point is that they're struggling for the 15 option. They've tried Nobby, James Ram, uh, Mark. Uh, it's just Harry, Harry, Will Harrison. It's just it's sort of they can't find their groove. Um, actually, that's more importantly... The Reds played the force in a cracking game. Who wants that? How'd that game go? It was really good. It was hot. I'd say the force pretty much played their best team. Uh, the Reds had like uh, sort of Liam Wright, um, Taniela Tupo, James O'Connor. Like they probably had like their top five dogs out. Yeah. But a, a reasonably good side. It was, I think it was like 34 to 28 or something like that. Um, really who, who good. Won? Game. The, Red, the Reds won. No, force one. Did they? Okay, mate. It's going to be interesting. I saw so, they made they made uh, Lex Felix Cartu or whatever his name is the captain. He's on the worst. I am the worst journalist ever. But there's they they saying like they're doing some good things up there. So hopefully, what, you mean, can we... <laughs> so what, what was his name? Felix Kaitu or something. What's his fucking name? He plays for the Wallabies. You know his you know his fucking name, dude. Is it not for Lady Cartu? For, that's the one. Shout out to that guy, by the way. He's a big fan of this show. I, I'm very, very aware of what a big fan that guy is of us. Um, and the Rodder, mutual Rodder, for Letty. Rodder was, well, I think he's at the force now. So he was really good. No yeah, he's a surprises. Fucking, he's a fucking beast. He's a fucking beast. I, I, mate, it'll be interesting to see what they do with the Kiwi situation because apparently they've changed the draw again. I'm not totally up to speed with it, but New Zealand's not letting people in or out of the country. Well, so it'll be, interesting, that, be interesting to see what happens there. Do you know anything about that? Well, the only thing I know is Moana Pacifica are over there and they are going to have a very fucking long season. Yeah, I just watched the game this morning versus the Chiefs. Fuck. It's tough, man. Tough. Chiefs, Chiefs look pretty good, to be fair. Did you watch it? Yeah, I watched it yesterday and it was a it was a drubbing. Like, I don't really know. I have no idea what the Drew are going to be like, but they've got this... Like based on the NRC thing, they're also, by the way, they the Moana Pacifica drew the shortest draw of all time, going to New Zealand and having to play all the New Zealand teams. Meanwhile, Fiji Drew are up the coast somewhere, living in luxury, and they get to play the Australian team. So it's a great day to be a Fijian. Um, Mate, but, big fan of the Drew. Yeah. They bought some gum from me this week. Shout out to those boys. I'm a big Drew fan. Toso Drew at Toso. It's the widest way of saying Toso. Yeah, but a big. Fan I don't of those guys. know. 
I don't know how Moana are going to survive a full season in New Zealand. Like it's, I think uh, Solomon Carter went off, like he's sort of injured in the game. So it's him, Sukapu, and Christian Lelafano, who's a legend of the game. Oh, he really is, but he's, he's he's ticking up some miles on the clock now. So um, that's going to be a really really long season. I think there'll be a lot of guys pulled in from sort of ITM and stuff like that to help him out. Hey, what do you reckon they're going to do? What do you reckon they're going to do in Australia in terms of the COVID situation? I can't. Like, we almost got through an episode without bringing it up, but just say someone That's tests positive. Just say someone does like the rat test, and you know you can argue the legitimacy of all that kind of shit. But then, what are they going to do? Are they going to have to have extended guys on standby ready to go? Like, have you thought about that? What they're going to do there? Um, I just. I know most of the players have had it. Um, I think people are going to miss games from it, but I would say that the franchises are heavily encouraging uh, to avoid testing, if I had to guess. But they're going to have to test on game day 100% before they travel. They will. Well, then they're fucked. We're going to see it absolutely. It's going to be an absolute clusterfuck. But they'll definitely do that. I don't like unless they go unless they go as per the government regulations where they go you do not test unless you have symptoms like or whatever the shit they're saying now I can't even keep up with it now unless they do that you know I reckon they'll test. Why should they be test people before? Why should they be different? Why should they be different from the rest of the population? Fucked if I know, bro. It's a big business at the end of the day, and there's a lot of ass covering that goes on. So I reckon that's what will happen, and I reckon that there'll be a lot of postponements. Guys will get called in left, right, and center, and we'll see a ton of shoot shield players playing Super Rugby this year. Various franchises. Yeah, I think that's good. I'm, I, and I've been certainly using that as a as a motivational tool. Um, yeah, I think I also think a lot of shoot shield guys will end up with the draw. Uh, those yeah, guys who are eligible. Um, and if Jacinta Ardern fucking opens up a door somewhere, then you'll see some guys maybe with Moana as well. So, yeah, man, that, wouldn't, that wouldn't be really surprise cool. me. Wouldn't, yeah, I, look, I reckon guys who are fit will get an opportunity this year as long as they're playing well, because people will get it at some stage. There'll be injuries. And once you get towards the back end of Super Rugby, I reckon the super uh, the shoot shield sides will start to get bin chickened a little bit, and it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out as well. Because there's, I'm hearing some clubs have terrific numbers, and some maybe not so much. And yeah, it's funny, I don't know where you hear stuff. Oh, I hear stuff. Where do you, you talk, hear stuff? People talk to me. People talk to me. People don't talk to me. <laughs> they don't talk to me. I haven't heard anything. Mate, I've been hearing stuff. Fuck. Dude, Could you, you just know. go from bottom to top in your phone and just tell us everything you've heard? <laughs> well, sadly, I know. Sadly, no. Let's just say that uh, some people have not had good numbers and some people are getting good numbers. So when uh, when it gets to the crunch time and you have to have four grades on a Saturday plus three grades colts, um, that, that will be the telling factor. You know? I bet my ass they won't enforce that. I bet my ass. Again, Sydney Rugby will not enforce that. <laughs> No, I don't, I don't reckon they will either, but I, I reckon – well, I, I, sorry, I, I think it'll depend on which teams do that. That's what I reckon. The Look, I, I haven't heard much about the Shoot Shield team. It's a bit of a mystery. It's funny how year to year you sort of bank on the fact that they'll be similar to the last year. Yeah. <laughs> like you always know, like I've seen a, half of Sydney Uni's in America 
which is awesome. I want to see awesome. Like I good good on those guys because I know how much fun they're having. Um, but I just know they'll be a good team. So it's just funny how year to year, like they could have a whole new squad, but for some reason, like my baseline perception of them is that they'll sort of be roughly where they were last year. Yeah, it's kind of it's funny, it. isn't it? Like a lot of t- a lot of teams have their style of play, and even if they get new coaches and new players, it's still like you know that when you play West Harbour, it's going to be a big physical team. So, so it's Very the same. Year. It hasn't changed. Yeah, hasn't changed for years, to be honest. Like I remember when I first started playing grade, and I had um, Celesi and Campisi, Mafu, Ronnie mm. Blake was there. Mm. Who else did they have? Just some fucking monsters to avoid. Uh, Steve Mafu back then. Yeah, Steve Murphy. Well, I think he was playing for Para. This before he went over and dominated Europe. How the they assassin, mate. How they let him go from this country is absurd to me. Hey, by the way, oh, your, your second row yeah. article got a lot of a lot of uh, views and comments, and you know, a couple of backs going, "Oh, they don't get paid much because they don't do anything in this in this country or whatever." But um, did you get much feedback really? on it? Yeah. Oh, mate, people yeah, I... love people love winding me up. You know. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand the winding up, and I, look, I got to say, I think most I, most of the uh, polls I put on, people try and trip, wind me up as well. But I, um, I think it comes down to basically they're like point one of the population, like people who are over six five and who can do stuff are point one of the population. Now you look at all the guys who are getting paid less, right? Sevens, twos, you know wingers in, in some of the comps, not France, doesn't count because they just pay everyone. Um, that's your conventional body shape. So if you think, like, you go to any rugby club in Australia, like, they'll have a good seven. He might not be a Wallaby seven. They'll have a good seven. Their second seven will be good as well. And their third seven, he'll be good, but not as good. Yeah. So when you talk about why we have to pay these guys more money, they don't exist. Like, go to the shops and find me a dude who's 6'6 and who isn't tripping over himself or with gigantism. Like, find me one. Or you find me a guy who's sort of 6'1, bit stocky. That's any time fitness anyway. Um, so, t- tell me, like, t- as a coach, like, um, I'm, I'm sure you guys have these conversations as well. What positions do you generally talk the most about? Uh, like what, what's the most like? What's the one where they go? Are we doing all right in this position? Tight head second row every yeah. time. Every Same. And, and time, it's, every tight, year. It's, it's tight head prop and then tight head second row. That's that's always, you know, and and pretty oh. much any any coach knows how hard it is to find those those positions. Yeah, I mean, you know, I suppose we've been lucky in that every good every team needs a ten, you know, and we're lucky that we've sort of had a ten for a while. Um, so you don't have to actively recruit. A ten's a ten's a big one. Let's not fuck around here. But um, I'm I don't think you can win any comp. I, no team can win every any comp without a good set piece. And year after year, we've seen teams with awesome back lines, but their set piece is just a little bit crap. Um, go to water in the finals, and not just the finals of shoot shield, finals of Super Rugby, World Cup, everything. So I know that. You know, in terms of recruitment, it's like how many second rows we got. There's always another second row on the horizon. If you, um, if you look at the last World Cup final, England were absolutely fucking killed the All Blacks, and then barely fired a shot against the Springboks, and the Springboks fucking murdered them at scrum time. Yeah, but like 
you don't have to think about it as we're, we're prioritizing scrummaging as like this fucking godlike thing. Think about it as a penalty count. It's just like starting a game on negative seven penalties. Yeah. Like that, that is what it's like. So if you're, playing a, close game, it. if you're playing a close game of football, um, you know, you're just starting it on, on negative seven penalties. There you go. So that, that's hey, what happens. This is why I talk to you because the way you speak, even simple backs will be able to understand that. And there are a lot of simple <laughs> backs that love this program. So shout out to all you blokes. Um, but yeah, I mean, seven, yeah, seven penalties down to start with. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's, so like, it's great for me, Chad. And like, if you drop a ball, like, get you, out of, you can get out of trouble for free. Like, you can get down the down the zone. It's just, yeah. Look, I don't know why over time we've slowly gone away from it. Um, but I like even you know I was watching the game yesterday. There's just no, there's we just don't have any big fellas. And you can get hear me out. Like, you can get away. Like, if you're if you're more of a Brad Thorne second role. That's sweet. Like you can have one of them, but like you know, Brad Thorne was partnering Arthur Williams, or yeah. like, I, like I watched the game on the weekend with fucking Adam Coleman, Ben, uh, not Ben Simmons. That would be a very interesting second row. Um, Simmons is in it. Um, then Will Skelton is in the next one. There is we have ten second rowers overseas. And Douglas, who would, who would be in the top twelve second rowers? I think. So like. Yeah, mate. Someone, I, I posted, I posted your article on Instagram, and I got a couple of comments going. Um, for they need to look at some of the deals, like the one that the Kiwis did with Brody Retallick. And yeah. I reckon if you could give some of our big boys, like the, the the comment was, and I won't say who said it, but like um, they they said that Adam Coleman probably would have stayed if he could have done something like that. Yeah, and wouldn't you wouldn't you like to have a guy that quality to call on if you need him? You know, just send him over to do a half season in Japan, get a little top up, come back, you know, a couple here and there so that they're making the most of their earnings potential. Um, you know, we've got all these guys that we could come back and I think they got to get a little bit more creative with some of the contract thing. Yeah, I, mean, I don't disagree. I mean, it, it, would take, you got, it would take a bit of pride though. You've got to acknowledge the fact you're poor. You know, you got to go, we are poor, therefore you can, you can go to Suntory um, but the seasons aren't lining up as well, Chubby, anymore. So no, I know, effect- yeah. effectively, you'd have to sign, let's say, a three-year deal with the Tars and your second year would be with Suntory. You know what I mean? Um, so it, it's getting more complex. So It, we, it is. We, Do you reckon we, they're going to go more and more towards a global season and then that will make it even more complex? Probably. It makes more sense in terms of test windows, things like that, which have caused problems in the past. Um, yeah, I think they will. So yeah. I don't see why we, they don't do it, man. Playing rugby in, in England in the middle of winter is fucking horrendous. In, in the same way that I always talk about the shoot children under 25s comp now, I think super rugby will be an under, under 25s comp or it will be, become more of one very soon. Yeah, because um, guys, are, you're right. Guys will go, oh, I'm not going to make the Wallabies. Let's go to Japan, cash in. Let's go to America, have a bit of fun. Let's go to fucking England or France and get some money and play some decent footy. Well, for some reason, it feels like it's more okay to be a bit older over there. Maybe the stand, the style and the speed of the game suits older guys. Maybe. That's just me talking yeah, I think about it. Out, I think it does. Last. I think it does. I mean, I, I, um, I got an interesting one from Jordan Goddard, the captain of Gordon, uh, and a good friend of mine. He was sort of saying... Like, if you think about that height, that weight, that size, a lot of those guys go to the AFL or the AFL draft yeah. um, 
and not all of them make it, you know, a lot of them bounce out and then they sort of, they don't end up doing anything. He's like, you know, he sort of made the point he, when he was working, I think at Western Sydney for a while, like that, you know, he just saw so many giant young men who sort of bounced out, didn't have quite the speed or the motor for AFL. Um, and, you know, so guys, guys like that mature later anyway. So like, you know, do we need to be sort of keep casting a wide? A bit later. Yeah, like a wide, like like the AFL do, right? I, I knew a kid that got drafted in the AFL and he had never played AFL before. He was a rower. So they I, cast I, a, I think I've heard about this because they do a lot of, um, they do like a combine kind of day where they look at other sports. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. They cast, they cast a wide net. So like he he um, was a friend's little brother and he, he, was, he played rugby and he rode and he was, you know, 6'6". Six, six. And he got drafted in the fuck. He got drafted in the AFL. Like, I'm not saying we need to a draft system, but do we need to cast our net a little bit wider and pour some money into like identifying yeah. gigantic people? Just said it there. You got to pour some money at it. This is probably potentially, okay. potentially conversation why, over. Yeah, potentially why why that won't happen. Um, but mate, I think you're right. I, th- I think. You know, in a, uh, I had this chat with Adam Fryer, who was the media manager at the Rebels at the time, and he said, if you look at Sydney, they've got so many teams to support. So, like, if you live in Sydney, you've got the Waratahs, the Swans, GWS, all the soccer teams, all the NRL teams, the 2020 cricket teams, the cricket teams. Then there's all the women's sport as well. So you you could have any chance of, like... I don't think it's an exaggeration to say there's probably 20 teams you could support, plus your club yeah. teams as well. No, you could. Yeah, spot on. So it's, it's pretty hard to support fucking everyone. Um, there's only so much time in the day. And he said that he thought that that might be an issue in terms of detracting the best athletes to rugby as well because um, whilst rugby was on the up up on the pay scale, it's probably more towards the bottom now. So yeah, mate, re- it's, and- it's so true. I... I- I uh, obviously used to sort of work in rugby league almost, I'd call it. Um, so many of those kids, like of the kids could have been playing for the Reds or the Tars or whatever, are playing 20 somewhere. So many of them. I've got to tell you a story about that when we're off air, by the way. Just okay. remind, oh. remind me there's a good story about your rugby league uh, working career. So you'll just have okay. to remind me. How's, how's work going? Are you, are you as fucked as I am? I feel oh, absolutely. fucked out of my. I feel fucked it's, out of my mind. It's uh, it's been really hot, um, and with preseason pumping, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 long days, man. So, so uh, how how are you guys doing it? Are you doing Tuesday, Thursday, Saturdays, or are you gonna go uh, like back end of the week, or or what's your plan? No, yeah, so we're sort of doing more conventional week. So we're sort of Tuesday, Thursday, um, and then there'll be a third at some point. Uh, but we also are training collectively at the moment. So at some point there will be a split yeah. um, to a more of in, a senior squad. Oh, okay. So as in grades and Colts are still separate, but all the grade guys are training together? No, Colts and grade are already separate. Colts are, you know, Eastwood Colts are sort of hitting the ground running. They're trying to get something going. I think they are. Yeah. Um, so they've, they've got a lot of people um, and we've got a lot of people. So we can't train together. We're training just as a full top squad, like full, sorry, full senior squad. Yep. And then at some point we will split um, into more of a ones and twos and a threes and fours. So when that split occurs, I think you'll see the uh, you'll see the training amount increase. So just general sort of skills, bit of conditioning stuff at the moment, and then when you get a bit closer and can separate the guys and do more 
sort of gameplay stuff or are you doing a bit of install oh, now? Or? General, like, like defense Shade. install, it's it's difficult because you sort of can't you can't cater to the top guys necessarily. Yeah. Um, but trying to install as much sort of – they're used to the attack shape by now, so it's more defense shape, things like that. Um, but I was going to bring that up. Pre-stage is very difficult, man. Like, you know, we, we had a little contact block last week and, you know, I've got like a 10 – like a 10-year veteran Tongan international running into it like a – like a guy's just started playing footy. Yeah. So, like – and like you, you don't really know it at the time, though. You know, it might be, it might be a big unit or this or that. And it's just a, it's just a, it's a train wreck. So it's it's quite hard. You got to it's, it's very delicate because you can't. It's not a good thing to immediately take out all the ones and two guys and say go over there. Everyone else go over there. Like that's not good for anything. You need to give everyone a crack. But at the same time, like you know, I'm not trying to facilitate a murder. Um, so it's it it is difficult. It's very difficult. So it's, uh, it's the unique challenge of coaching shoot shield level rugby is that you've got to take into account guys who are basically professionals you know, or could be professionals and guys who just playing for fun, but still want to put in and want to get something out of it as well. And then you got to balance bringing the, the guys from the bottom up and then keep pushing the top guys. So it's hard. What about units? Have you guys started doing units yet? Or like how much time does batch give you during the week for um, units work? A uh, fair bit. So we, we did a, like a lot of units pre-Christmas. Um, and we've done – we get effectively th- three blocks a week of units. So you do a little so, bit in each session? Yeah, some sessions you might double up. Some sessions there might be like, you know, at the moment we're doing, you know, top squad uh, or ones and twos before training on a Thursday for half hour, like things like that. So um, trying to still hit the – whilst we're training with everyone, still trying to keep some continuity – um, from yeah. the things we did pre-Christmas, so it's uh, no, that's smart. Do you do my do do your running around your unit stuff, or do you do uh, like your units only and then do running at the end, or like how do how do you guys do that? Honestly, it, I, honestly, I, I think it, it that depends on where I'm at, where we're at in the skills progression right at the start. Like if we got guys who are going to be ones or twos, but they're behind on delivery, behind on jumping, can't move backwards, things like that. Like you can't, I can't really have them shuttling. You know, like they. I think they could, they have to learn how to do it first. Mm. Um, but at this point, yeah, like we can we can get them moving. They can hit the I can hit the line in between, um, or they can do something like that. So I, I think ideally, I'd like you intermingle. Um, I don't know you guys intermingle. I think that's ideal. But at times, like if you get like a twelve minute block and you need to get something very specific out of it, then. Um, try and stay focused on the units. That makes sense. It's just cool to hear how other people do it. Uh, I don't think there's any one way to skin a cat, Jed. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, as long as it works, that's the main thing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's been good. It's, it, I, I will say it's a, it's a the more, the more um, pre-season goes on, the more I think like, fuck, this is time-consuming. Lucky I really like it, you know. Like I'm, a of, it's time consuming mentally. It's time. It's time consuming mentally as well as like actual. I physical. feel bad sometimes. I'm, I'm sure people are sick of hearing my voice after 90 minutes. You know as well. So, um, it's a uh, you got to be a crazy person. And I think that's why when I look around the comp, there's not a lot of coaches who I'm like, he's a gun. 
And I know we've had this conversation before, so I won't go down there. Well, but I, was, I think that's why. I was having this thought the other day, right? So if if all of a sudden Andrew Blades, the, the job as GM, just takes up too much time and he can't coach the scrum anymore, who's the next scrum coach? I think he'd put his brother in there. Cam? Cam, Cam could do it? Apart from Cam. Like, who's who's coming through the ranks? Wouldn't have a fucking clue in the world. Neither. I think they, yeah. honestly, if I had to guess, I think they would go to an ex-player with little to no coaching experience. So I think you'd find yourself with Robbo or you'd find yourself with someone of that ilk. And what, I'm, what I'm saying is that there's very few scrum coaches around. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any any coaches around. It's, it's um, yeah. So, but, but it's, there's a reason. You've got to be a crazy person. It's fucking you, you time. Do. You do have to be a crazy person and the best ones are fucking nutbags as well. Yeah, I don't know. I'll lie in bed after a session and go, fuck, I fucked that up and just stare at the fucking ceiling till like one in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm a little bit the same. I'm, they're before training, setting up like all these cones and bags and things. God forbid someone touches my cone before the session starts. Fuck. Do you get Do you get to just pick up, like do you just get full say in what you do or does Batch go, hey, we want to do a bit of A-zone today or doing a defensive oh, line? It, it'll be like a... Rough progression, but if there's, you know, I, I certainly ask him for guidance, you know, yeah. or I ask, you know, whoever or Johnny or whoever's around, um, if I feel like I'm not sure. Yeah. Just, so you just sort of just gradually add stuff as you're going forward, rather than going like, hey, let's let's go. All right, we'll, we'll do our A zone lineouts, and you go, all right, our lifting's pretty average. So the next week we're going to focus on our lifting before we go to like our B or our C zone. Is is that how you think about it? Yeah, so, yeah, somewhat. Yeah, I, I think I'm probably guilty in the past of learning too fast and wanting to execute straight away. Yeah. Um. So I think, like, it. Yeah, I think it, I now had, it's, it's a lot more segmented like that. Yeah. I had so I had a good like uh, realization this week that um, like um, before, like when you first start coaching, you go, I want to do this, 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 and you want to hammer as many things as possible. This week, we just focused on our mall and the improvements in the mall just went through the fucking roof. Yeah. You know what I mean? So instead of doing like everything, we just did a huge amount of more work. And the, the, yeah. the improvement from the last couple of weeks to this week is noticeable. So I'm thinking mm. that that might be my approach going forward. So next week, it might just be lifting and jumping technique, hammering that, and yeah. then the following week, scrums. So just try and have these incremental jumps. Yeah. I, I just I think do it that, all at the same time and have like fuck all improvement over a long period of time. Yeah. If, if yeah. that makes sense. Oh, it does make sense. And I know I always bring this up, but that's where like if you have guys who are good at them or coming back from pro or something like that, it is a fucking get out of jail free. It's unfair to this comp, in my opinion, in the nicest possible way. Same as like if you just stumble across or you have two veteran props, like say when you and Metro playing. Yeah. Chico, you save you save 20 hours of preseason. You actually do. Like I'm sure you, you guys probably did the work anyway, but like I you just you just no, there you go. So like you go fuck. Well, I'm I'm sweet, you sweet match, yeah. Done. So like you can almost put a line through as coach, go like ask I'm sweet. We'll do a little bit, but we're sweet. For a number of years, mate, when it was like peak when like we were going really well, we barely did anything. Scrum wise, like we would hit the scrum machine a couple of times. You go, yeah, you're feeling good. I'm feeling good. Now they yeah, do exactly. fucking. Now the boys, like I've made them do 40 minutes of live scrums last unit session. That's cool. Yeah, 
that's a lot, man. But they fucking killed it, and uh, I, I wouldn't have been able to do it. No fucking way. But no. they're doing eight. Well, they're doing eight on eight for forty minutes with like sprints and shit mixed around it. <laughs> I know. Fucking horrific, it, guys. It if any of you like to leave Southern Districts Rugby, you just give me a message on my Instagram. <laughs> Mate, let's let's talk about Waylo. Has he been following your nutrition program? Because he's looking large at the moment. I'm not doing this, bro. I think he looks great. <laughs> Shout out to James out there. I hope you're well, mate. <laughs> you're a fuckwit. <laughs> oh, look, I'm a big Waylo fan. I'm a big Waylo fan. I got some good Waylo memes. I'll send you later. If anyone else wants a Waylo meme, comment on this video. Uh, look, he's a good person. He just fucking loves eating food a lot at the moment. Nothing wrong with that. Like, oh, I like, I like eating food as well. Me too. Sorry? Love. Me too. I'm a carbohydrate addict. Are we going to, Chubby, are we going to do the double episode? Fuck it. Let's just keep talking. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to check. I didn't unless know. You got so, unless you got somewhere no, to got, be. No, I've got to know where to be. I just wanted to mentally prepare, like mentally know. I've got, I've, I've got some things I remember that we need to talk about. Let's go for it. All right. Tom Brady retired. Fuck, I know. Dude, that's wild. That's fucking wild. What a legend. Mate, what about Kelly? Sorry, I know, we'll keep talking about this, but Kelly Slater just won the Pipeline Masters nine, six days before he turns 50. <laughs> yeah, it's scary, isn't wild, it? wild, dude. What, what, Another what reason, makes these people so special, eh? Well, I know what makes you special, Chubby, but I I, um, <laughs> I don't know what I'm makes not, Kelly Slater special. <laughs> I don't know what makes him special. Um I was like Tom Brady. Here's here's the thing. Is he the greatest sports person of all time? I, I, I don't, I don't know. You could say he was the greatest athlete because he's not an athlete. Okay, like, so there, and herein lies my argument. All you haters, Tane Edmonds particularly, I got hammered for my cricketing comment um, because I said they're not great athletes, and then Tane was like. Oh, but oh, a lot of people actually were like, yeah, but they're steaming in at this meters per second for this long. And I said, yes, but anyone in the AFL could do that. Yeah, Anyone in the like, AFL. They just couldn't I, bowl the ball. It's a skill. Yeah. No, I agree. I reckon some of the fast bowlers that do like big, big stints, like you got to be fairly fit. And No, you do. But, you got to be does fit. That make, That's but the does thing. that make you an athlete? I don't, I don't know. You got to be yeah. fairly fit. You're not. We're not talking fucking freaks here, because any like anyone who's in the AFL actively could do those meters at that speed. So in terms of athletes, they're not at the peak. Sportsmen love them. I fucking love cricket. Like I love. I think they're so cool. Gary fucking getting a new missus, bowling off spinners. I love it. I love it all. Tom Brady's a dog shit athlete. Fucking gun sportsman. Yeah, gun. I agree. Or sports I agree. He's- person. Whatever the He's, fuck uh, we do in 2020. Have you read a Have you read a season in the Sun? Um, the, the book they did on Tampa Bay Super Bowl season. No, oh. you should. Uh, it's a good audio book. So if you for those out there, season in the Sun, and it kind of goes behind the scenes of how they went about it. And Tom, for those out here who can't read, yeah, yeah, if you can't read and you listen to the podcast, which would be all of the people that listen to this podcast, probably. Um, shout out yeah. to Carlo and Ruan and Holloway. I know Hol- Holloway's. Somehow avoided reading his whole life so far. Unbelievable. Oh, it is, but it's mate. This guy just seems like the best fucking dude, the hardest worker. Like it, you know. I'd love to know what a bad day was like in that guy's life. Like he's married to a supermodel who's worth more than he is. He makes a lot more than him. Yeah, and and like that's an absurd thing as well. And um, 
you know, like friends with all these famous people. Everyone loves him. He's won every fucking Super Bowl, been to 10 of them or whatever. You know, that's, yeah. a, fuck, that's a fucking wild way to live your life, man. I agree, but I, I, I don't think, like, is he on par with Michael Jordan? I don't, I don't know. It's so, it's so tough. It, it is tough. It is tough. I, I think playing quarterback would be harder than playing basketball. Um, but in terms of like greatest athletes of all time, Michael Jordan's got to be fucking up there, dude. He's got to be fucking up there. All right, mate, I had this thought. I had this thought as well before. So you know, cricketers aren't really athletes. Let's just put that out there. I know Steve Smith's coming after you, um, but Smith you know, fucking, I think I, I think the whole cricketing community should probably come after you, um, particularly after this podcast. But just thinking of UFC fighters, right? So I think if you look at Francis Ngannou, would you say that he's an athlete? Yes. What about Tai Tuivasa or the Black Beast? Yes, but like they're not top, they're not top echelon athletes. But Tai Tuivasa played fucking under twenties league. Like he's not a bad athlete. But yeah, but compare him to Francis. Compared to Francis, he's fucking nothing. And Francis is like top one or two specimens of all humanity. Yeah, so it's it's like they're but they're all great fighters. But by the way, Black Beast is fighting uh, Tai next weekend, I think. That's going to be interesting. That's going to be wild. That's fun, man. If Ty wins that, he'll go right up to the top. Fuck, that's cool. So I don't I think, think he. I don't think he will win that. Out of disrespect, I think he'll get. Oh, actually, you know what? That's puncher's chance. That's a puncher's chance fight. Fuck, man, he's not. Derek's probably not going to take him to the ground. What are you I doing? Think so. Change um, rooms. Yeah. Well, just keep just keep talking. We don't have to tell everyone. No, well, people watch this on YouTube. Not not many lately, fuckers. If you're watching this on YouTube, please like, subscribe, share, follow us all on social it's media. It's because the tell. audio version is so much better. It um, is. It, it is. It is. We'll work this out. We're going to do this in person eventually, guys. It's, you know, we're just building it as we go. But yeah, the, yeah, so- the whole the whole athlete thing. Tom Brady, fucking awesome. I, I, you just know that he's going to make a fucking billion dollars and whatever he does next. Good for him. He's got fucking everything in the world. Still going after it. Respect to that. Like, I think he's top five sports people of all time. And in that same breath is like your Bradman. Um, although people don't really like cricket around the world. Oh, that's eh, a tough one. America doesn't like cricket. They got, therefore, it doesn't exist. Michael Jordan, um, probably Tiger Woods. Uh, you know those sort of people. Floyd Mayweather. Uh, yeah. Like you got, you got five pretty fucking good athletes there. John Maybe Daly. Like a, John Daly to have to be not John Daly, um, not Gary Wine, um, Butterbean, Butterbean, Eric Esch, yeah. aka Butterbean, mate, one of the great, one of the greatest athletes of all time. Phil the Power Taylor, Andy the Viking Fordham, one hundred and eighty. Speaking of, speaking of great athletes, fucking, you know who is a genuine goat? Is Ash Barty genuine goat, bro? She's great. she's a goat. She's a fucking beast. And you know what I love? She's so no bullshit, man. She's I like so Dylan no Alcott. bullshit. Dylan Alcott as well, bro. He's fucking cool. Dylan Alcott. I don't mind Dylan Alcott. He's awesome, dude. He's awesome. What have he's you got? Very, tell you what, he's very fucking good at what he does. What What do you got against Dylan Alcott? I don't have anything against him, bro. <laughs> yeah. Don't fucking do that. Why, I didn't. The strain of the year. I was trying like... to. <laughs> well, actually, fuck you, Grace Tame, you idiot that other Australian of the year bro that fucking pissed me off um I don't I like Dylan Alcott he's a fucking beast bro he's, I, 
talk about athletes. Like he's athletic as as hell. The dude's hey, what's, he's, he's, he's he's won fucking everything. You brushed over the Grace Tame thing or whatever her name is. Educate yeah, fuck me. her. Why? She, she's, she got Australian of the Year and then got everything that comes with Australian of the Year. And then when it came time to win Australian of the Year again, she did a publicity grab and basically sooked on camera and then got to release all these articles about how she's taking a stance against the way the government handled some sort of sexual allegation or something. But effectively, she got a full year in the sun um, and then... Instead of just don't show up, just don't show That's, up, man. Like, well, that would have been I, I was having like, this conversation. I was having this conversation the other day, and I was like, our prime minister could be Sleepy Joe Biden or like Penny Wong or some cr- fucking crazy lefty senator. Barnaby. If I got, if I got, I love, I don't mind Biden. If I got a chance to meet them, you, I would say, me a bit hello, of actually. Oh God, I would say hello. How are you? Thank you very much, Prime Minister. Whoever it is, they're the prime minister of the country. Like, I've, met, have I've you... met him. I've met him a few times. I got a video on my have. phone of him sculling a beer. He's but I know. Told... And I've... Have I told he did the story? kickoff in one of our games. Yeah. Yes. I, told you... I have told you this story. And then his people tried to make me delete it. And I told him to get the fuck away from me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do remember that. But here's my point. Like him or hate him, like, I, I, like it doesn't matter who the Prime Minister is. If I was invited to their presence, particularly as a Australian of the year, I would show them respect. And I think... That anyone who's saying like, oh yes, girl, take a stance, like all the you got you, you just have no general human respect. Go have a conversation with someone about it afterwards. But like the sooking on camera was just, it's fucking disgraceful. It's 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 the youngest generation coming out. I reckon um, you know, I reckon what we should do through the power of this uh, huge podcast that we both do is try and get you as Australian of the Year for 2023. How fucking wild would that be, dude? Most fucking average Australian of the year. We could be. I don't know. I dare. I dare say it's. I dare say they filter it at some point, so I won't get through. But anyway, look, that really pissed me off. Man who contributes literally nothing to society and just take, take, take. He's named Australian of the year. Man in bottom tax bracket named Australian of the year. Um, no, you you didn't let me get to my point by Sorry, taking my flowers away from Ash Barty. Dylan Royal Court really... gets plenty of flowers. I'm giving flowers to Ash Barty. No, she is a gun athlete. She yes. played WBBL for uh, the Heat, I think. Did she? She's good. Yes. Oh wow, that's wild. Dude. Yes, she's a fucking gun athlete. And Mate, did you read? Did you read like a few years ago? You could have got tennis lessons for uh, for like sixty bucks. Yeah, <laughs> like that's the way four, it is. Five, I mean, four or five years ago, and I'm... now she's fucking killing it. She made a great decision leaving women's cricket. Like, I, I actually, and before I get cancelled, I watched the entire test match and the entire one day is, um, but my point is there's no money in it. And she just made 2 million. She made a cool 2.1 winning the eight train open. So, good for good for her, man. I'll rate that. Fuck yeah. I'll rate, the, fuck I'll rate yeah. that. Like, t- yeah, 2.1, dude. What would you do at 2.1? Like, I could only imagine all the vapes. <laughs> All the weird. <laughs> You'd book out I'd like some, a strip club or something. I'd get some beard oil. Um, I'd be entirely covered in tattoos by the next day, like Conor McGregor. 100%. And what about that I dude? Would... He's fucking lost the plot, man. Oh yeah, what? I I, wow. I was a big Conor guy as well. I'm big. I'm a big fan. Like I just love that he just goes to his pub every day, drinks his fucking. He's got a stout now, like 
fuck. The Black just, Forge. He goes to the Black eats, Forge. Like, yeah, just eats steak, drinks beer, and fucking lifts weights every day. Fuck. He needs this as long as look, man. I just the problem is is I was so hard on board with him that he needs to now stop fucking fighting people because he's tarnishing his legacy, which hurts my feelings. But he's so rich. He's fucking so rich. Could you imagine, dude? Yeah, what $2.1 million. I'd be an absolute terrible person. I'd buy some stupid shit, bro. So so Connor fights at 155. Yeah, I would definitely fight ten fights at one fifty five for four hundred mil, as long as I don't have to cut weight. Dude, you'd have to cut. You'd have to cut weight. But fuck, can you imagine you walking around that way? It's fucking. I look. I look like him with his giant head and his tiny little sucked in body. Um, but he's he's a he, fucking he, wild character, dude. Bro, he's off his head because like he he's twi- he should be speaking of fucking. People cancelled that dude with his Twitter. One moment it's like, you know, salam alaikum to Kabiba and this uh, to the Russia and this, and then next moment he goes, you know, your mum's a fucking this or that. <laughs> like he he loves fucking Persian rugs. Let's be let's cut the middleman. He is he is an eighty five percent of Ireland's cocaine intake is going through the Black Forge in um, his pub. <laughs> But that's a wild accusation, by the way. <laughs> oh, it is, bro. Everyone knows that. But I guess it takes one to know one, so you probably... Uh, oh, fuck yeah. me, bro. <laughs> what's that? The Dead Gillespie vape? Mate, when are we, we going to release that business? Are you, are you currently tasting different flavors and stuff to really get the, the strain fine-tuned so that... <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's 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 illegal, so I wouldn't be doing that. No, that's that's, um, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Lemon lime is lemon lime a flavor? I don't know. I'm not a big, I'm not, a, <laughs> I'm not a big vape guy. You know, maybe it's yeah, something well, I need to add to my repertoire. Ah, uh, it's generational, chubby. You know, I'm in the generation under you, so <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, uh yeah, but dude, Ash Barty's Ash Barty's fucking awesome. I'm genuinely happy that someone like that is a fucking killing it on the world stage. Seems like a good person, fucking great tennis player. Yeah, Love she's that. a gun, man. I'm, shit, I'm happy. She's a great representative for our country as well. She Couldn't, fucking works hard and reaps the rewards. She's and not. It just seems cool, man. Did you see who's oh, that fucking fuck. guy that blew up about her drinking beer on stage? Did you see that? Like, oh, what who was it, bro? Man? Who was it? Who no, was it? We'll go after him on this show. It was the guy that used to host Australian Idol with Andrew G. Who's the other guy? Doing nothing now. He's like a bag handler at Qantas or some shit. <laughs> oh, um, no, nothing wrong with that. I know uh, we got a lot of bag handlers that listen to this show. And shout out to Kempi and the boys all over Qantas. Mad love to you boys. Mad love to you boys. I've heard girls. I've actually heard a lot of bag handlers come out of Southern District. So that's um <laughs> Yeah, they're all at Eastwood. Ah. <laughs> no, no. Um, I don't know who it is, but to that guy, fuck you, man. If you don't go James catch a Matheson. bus, James Matheson blew oh, up. Oh, James Matheson, go catch a go catch a fucking bus, man. If you if you can't let someone who's just played forty hours of tennis and trained for twenty years have a beer, go catch a fucking bus and don't get off. Why can't we celebrate without having drinks? Well, what kind of celebration would it be? Like, just me feeling good you about know why? myself? Because she fucking wanted to. Because she fucking wanted to, James Madison. And just the same way that I'm sure you had a fucking rosé after Australian Idol in 2001, she wants a beer after winning the Australian Open. So go fuck yourself. 
Mate, that's fuck yeah. Look, hundred percent. He had a rosé and all of the above, dude. That's quite a fall from grace from that guy. Eh? Like he was not oh. not that Australian Idol's top of the fucking world, but like it was pretty popular for a minute there. Is it still going? You'd know about all that stuff. No, I've no fucking idea. I presume it isn't. But um, oh, actually, Nadal was pretty good as well. Nadal's Nadal's a man. Can you imagine being that rich, bro? Twenty-one Grand Slam titles. You know, he's he'd have his own private jet, his own island. Yeah, here's my question. Full-time chef. Why is he so fucking bald, man? Just go to Turkey and get the best shit. Get all that good shit. You know 100%. what I mean? What's dude, he you doing? Know what, dude, you'd like this, the Tinder Swindler. I watched that movie on Netflix the other day, the Tinder Swindler. I've heard of it. I haven't watched it. It's a fucking crazy movie. I, I stayed, we had units on Friday and I had a couple of beers after. And as per usual, I'm like, going through things in my head oh you did this well you fucked this up then I'm like oh I better put on a movie to like chill the fuck out and then I'll put on the Tinder Swindler at like 11.30 at night and um, started watching it and then I got to like 2am and it was just finished I'm like holy shit dude what a fucking is it good? Uh, it's the typical this guy like took the piss of these poor girls and like it's, yeah, not, it's not the, the story's not it's not a great story, but the way they put it together in terms of the documentary is really good. But yeah. it's like this guy ripped off these girls for like millions of dollars, multiple of them, and then they all teamed up to to get back at him, and then they ended up getting him. You know, and he was like flying around in private jets, living off their money. You know, just a fucking That's dickhead. Fun. But the way they put the movie together, well worth a watch. Yeah. So yeah, I, I might I, I might give it a geese. How the Mate, fuck did you get we get onto that from the other thing? I don't know, dude. I'm really tired at the moment, so I'm just talking mad shit. You know, I had there was another thing you mentioned that you wanted to rant about. Um, oh, I got my third strike on Instagram. That's that was one thing. What, I what, t- tell me how you get a strike on Instagram. I don't know if I've had one. I've just like if you, I put okay, I put up a post once that said like my phone's broken, which it fucking was. So I must yeah. be doing it from my laptop. Um, Please send messages or nudes to Instagram. It you know, got report, someone. Someone reported it. Yeah. Like fuck you. So now it it came, comes up in my thing. Like I don't know. Say someone like that dude you mentioned before, who was like hating on Ash Barty. I'd write Hello. like I'm not writing, I'm not inciting like terrorist activity. I just write, man. You. I wrote you're a lemon to someone. Very similar thing. Report it. From like, um, your Instagram account, yeah. Oh wow, dude! It's so you can report. So that that's fucking great to know. So you can report people and get them removed from Instagram. Yeah. So now I just go down and report hundreds of people who are bitching all, about things. All of our competitors, Jed. Yeah, I'm just going to go and start reporting Hello Sports Podcast or, every, or whatever the other one is. I'm just going to everything they do. I'll just report it. Why are they popular, dude? Why are they popular? Talk know, to me. Listen. No, I don't either. I, I don't understand all that shit. Like, why are some people popular? I was having this conversation with someone the other day. You know, these people, we've all got them in our lives. There's some people that you can listen, talk to for ages. Like you, I find very easy to listen to. You probably don't find me easy to listen to. But then you've got other people that are just like, even if they're saying good shit, it's just like, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Like, what is that? What is that? What is it that makes some people interesting and engaging, and other people maybe not so much? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I didn't do. I'm not. A, it's a real thing, bud, isn't it? 
It's a real thing. No, though, absolutely. Some people come into a room and they're like, you're like, oh, this is a fucking great story. Like, they're a real they're a real chameleon, you know, and they get around. I've got some friends who are chameleons. I've also got some friends who are human robots and are boring <laughs> as fuck, but I still love them. Yeah, um, mate, you got, mate, boring people make the world go around. And and I've got this, like, opinion that or uh, a theory, and I don't really have anything to back it up, but I think everyone can be interesting if you if they let themselves be. But it's also like now so many fucking people have podcasts and I listen to a couple of them. I'm like, fuck boys and girls, just be fucking interesting. Like it's not hard to be interested in someone and to be engaged in a conversation. You know what I mean? You don't just want like a question answer type thing where they just like basically not listening, just asking surface level, uninteresting questions. That's why people listen to Joe Rogan. You fucking idiot. Comes full circle. Um, yeah, I agree entirely. I, I, I think one of the reasons people love like the inspired unemployed, for example, is it's very relatable. They're two punters, but they're they're they they're funny, you know. Like they they fun those boys. They're fun. They do fun stuff, um, and they but they like traders. So I think that relatability is good. Um, so, but I for for the other for the other stuff, I got no fucking idea. Do you reckon um, people are just happy being average? I think a lot of people t- like pretend they want to be good at stuff, but they don't really. Yeah, I think everyone wants. Everyone has a plan till they're punched in the face. So, yeah, it definitely applies to podcasting. And then you go, oh fuck, fuck! Like I, I like one of the things I did right is is I worked out that I, if unless I was speaking to someone I'm interested in, I, I couldn't really talk to them, and then it wouldn't be a good podcast. Yeah. So I have to I have to find them interesting, like. Somehow you and I can still get through that little hurdle and and put out magic every week or two. Yeah, I got I got sprayed for not for us not putting out last week. That's uh, that's but, my bad, people. No, no my... it was it was a bit of a bit of timing, a bit of everything. But um, yeah, we'll keep we'll keep the heat coming. Actually, I did get a question. This goes back way 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 too early to the thing about the pay scales. It was why someone asked why the why was loose head so much further down than tight head, and, and yeah, that's what I said effectively. But uh, like a lot of people ask me that, and also why was hooker at the bottom when we we talk about hookers being really important? Yeah, that that one doesn't make sense to me. But the the tight head one, like I I know some top class super rugby guys who have tried to play tight head prop and go fuck that and just went back to loose head. Yeah, you know, strong. I, I, it's, I think, well. it, yeah, I think it's more like it, it somewhat ties into the uh, second row thing. It's like semi-genetic. It's like yeah. not genetic, but like you don't you don't get that many people who are really big and really jacked and really good at stuff. Um, whereas the loose yeah. head, like I was a fucking loose head, it's not as hard. It's, it. it's not it's not as hard. You got to be a fucking weirdo to be good at tight head. Like all the good tight heads we know, they're great blokes, but they've got like there's something in the head that just fucking allows them to just go. Ooh whack and not fucking move for years on end and you know come last in every fitness test even though some of them like Mikey Alatoa told me he got like a 518 or something when he was at his peak <laughs> yes or like 59 or something it might have been 59 like it was super low that's not that low for a 135 kilo tight head prompt it's like it's good it's good it's good five, that would be five, like 509 yeah that's like one, that would be on par, wouldn't it? What, what were you getting? About that. Were you? I was no, a bit lighter. 
You have fit motherfucker. That, you have fit motherfucker. They re- they reckon that's probably world class for front rowers about that time. Yeah, I just wasn't a world class player. And that's where it, <laughs> where it ties in with the fitness <laughs> testing. Not actually, otherwise we just have a team of fucking crossfitters. Well, Lapetti Tamani said to me once, he goes, they only start giving a fuck about your uh, skin fold test if you're playing badly. <laughs> it's very true. I actually think that guys like Lapetti who are genetic freaks, um, we've sort of started to treat them a little bit differently in training, in terms of training, in terms of how they, not just weights, like Lapetti was never allowed to lift weights basically because you get too fucking jacked. Um but like the guys who are fast twitch, those fast twitch explosive guys start to do uh, different fitness. Yeah. Because I, like, I think they got to be like, we got a guy at our club who could bench like 200 kilos. You know, yeah. I'm like, dude, you don't need to get any stronger to play front row. Let's start getting fit, son. Yeah. But like, they don't necessarily get fit the same way we would, we would you know, like, are they hey. like shuttles or like broken Broncos or stuff like that? It's just too much. It's just too much through their joints and they're, they're, they're like, Explosive and explosive athlete, so um, it's almost like you got to treat them a little bit different. They got to train a little bit different. So uh, we're starting to do that with our guys who are genuine explosive guys. Have I told um, you the the, the uh, Lepetti Tamani uh, skin fold story from when I was at Melbourne? No, so no. Th- they just had a before I got there. Uh, when I got there, they just come off a two week break, and Lepetti had gone to Mel- uh, to Tonga for a holiday visit the family. And they come back, first day back, they all do their skin fold testing. And there's like, might have been three guys that um, your mate ripped into them in front of the room. And Lepetti had gone from like, he was 125 kilos and skin folds of like 30, which is pretty fucking low. And he's come back at 138 kilos with skin folds of like 40, which is still pretty fucking low. And um, they ripped him about it. <laughs> it's funny. It's firstly, fuck, that's ridiculous. Um, but it's funny what, um, like, how the trends change a little bit. Like, when we were young, um, I remember it was like, it was very bench squat. It was like bench squat, bench squat clean. And I wasn't particularly good at any of them. Um, but then, like, three or four years later, the TARS moved to like, do you remember when they were doing some, that weird, obscure fucking Sparta training or some shit? I used yep. to talk to Rochi about it and I was like, what are you benching? And he'd be like, oh, we only do one arm off the ground now and shit like that. Um, and I feel like I feel like they have slowly moved away from the more – well, they did for a while. They moved away from those like old conventional ones to sort of more functional. Do you read the All Blacks are now looking at trying to make the guys smaller? So, you know how, you know, I remember when there was a stage where they wanted front rowers to be super light and super athletic. And then it went mm. the other way and they wanted front rowers to be as big and strong and powerful as possible. And now it's kind of, you got to be everything all at the same time. But there was an article that came out recently with the Kiwis are actually trying to work out how they can make their guys smaller and more athletic. Mm. I thought it was interesting. I thought it was interesting because uh, it's going to change again. It keeps, cha- it keeps changing. I reckon. Well, I was, the, yeah. Yeah, go. Oh, I was just saying, I, I reckon the, the new experimental law variations might actually be a good thing for the game in terms of the, um, the line dropout rule, the 40, 50, 22, because it's going to open guys up, make mm. more space on the field. I think it's going to be interesting the next couple of years. Also, like Eddie Jones' theory that um, there's going to be a lot of hybrid players, so there'll be guys and flankers, flankers that can I'm play. I'm not solving that yet. 
I'm not sold on that yet. I think I'm not the, sold I think either, winning, but it's an interesting thought, isn't it? It's a very Eddie Jones thought. Wanting to be fucking ahead of the curve by generations. I don't think they'll be picking wingers as flankers, but I think that the skill sets, like I, I certainly agree that like those wide channels are a great place to turn the ball over. So maybe their training focuses um, can come down a lot more to to stuff like a back row. Um, what if you but, had back? What if you had back rowers with the skills of like Michael Hooper, who are as fast as wingers? Surely that'd be a good thing. Then they'd just be a really good winger. They're not going to be. They're not. Wouldn't be a back row like Michael Hooper's. He's fast as shit. He's not. A, he's not as fast as a winger. Oh, international winger. Mm, I th- yeah, I agree. I think if you could turn a flank like Hoops, if Hoops had, he's one of the very best players in the world. So it might be a shit argument, but. If he had that extra fuck you speed, he would be even better. That's what I would say. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I agree with that. Um, actually, it's funny. The yeah, like it goes in waves, right? I don't know what wave we're in at the moment, but I I, I went when I was down in Melbourne. Where it was during that sort of light light quick phase. So I was like one twenty or something, or like one eighteen, and I was we're not like middle of training. I was like one twelve. I was like, this yeah. is so fucking small for me. I like, I carry weight very easily. So 112, I look like a fucking center. And then different coaches have like different views on how people should play the game. Like the Springboks are fucking monsters. But yeah. but but then some some other coaches would like mobile front rowers. Like I'm sure Batch, Batch would probably prefer front rowers who can move around, you know, considering his yeah, it, background. It just didn't, yeah, but it didn't help me at all. Like it it, it was, I came back shoot you way too light. So, I don't know. It, it, but, yeah, it does go through phases like that. And certain coaches will like certain things. Uh, have, we talk, have we talked about this in, in like, in your situation? I, I can't remember if we talked about this, but sometimes playing super rugby or being in a super rugby squad can actually be to your detriment. So, I, I would make the argument that when you went to Melbourne, it was actually worse for your career when you came back. Awful. Because you, you spent a year out of the spotlight. No one's looking at Melbourne club rugby. You know, so unless you're actually in the squad, I, I sometimes think being in a super rugby squad like that can be detrimental to your career. Would you have any thoughts well, or disagreements it, with that? My my thought is one it's largely dependent on whatever fucking bullshit rule the ARU or the state are using at the moment for their guys outside the twenty three. So for that, that year, and I swear it was that year only, that guys in Melbourne had to play in Melbourne. And no one watches that football. And the guys from that comp were lovely guys, great club, but the standard was not high. And so it was basically, if you don't play any Super Rugby at all, you are, you've gone back a full two years. So I agree with you entirely. Canberra are doing that at the moment. So if you go to Canberra and you don't play at all, so like, I'm trying to think of a really good example. Like, like where's Benny? What's Benny Hine doing now? Uh, I think he's actually in. Actually, I saw him. I think he's in Austin. I think he's in Texas, but just playing club footy. Is but it? like Benny Hine, I think he's like he sort of developed a bit of a life. He played Super Rugby, so. But like, if you go to like Guy Guy Porter, who I saw play well on the weekend, he went to Canberra during one of those periods, and I don't know whether he bailed out, but like obviously he's got an English passport, so he got overseas, like. You know, Archer Hole was the prop. He went down to Canberra last year after, you know, he, he'd be really happy with the year he had before that. 
he only played one game. Like, yeah, yeah it's not good because then, like, if you're trying to navigate your way into another super squad, what on the basis of how are you going to do that? You haven't done anything. Um, yeah, so I hate, I hate the domestic union rule. Enough. Yeah, I agree, mate. I think if 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 you want to, like, I get why Melbourne guys want to keep guys in Melbourne, but I think if you want Australian rugby to be as good as possible, you go all right. You can go back to your Shield Shield Club. It's very un, it's very unfair to that player who's on no money, training a lot, and then you're saying effectively, if we don't like you in the end, you're fucked. Yeah. So you're all your eggs are in that basket. So I've got I know guys in Canberra right now, and their eggs are in the Brumbies basket. If it doesn't turn out with the Brumbies, they are coming back to reset. They're resetting so that they will have no super interest. They are going square one. Um, <sighs> yeah, you should be able to play for where you, where you're from, man. Like I don't I don't necessarily think that the shoot shield guys. I mean, the Melbourne guys should have to play shoot shield if they're Queenslanders. Like yeah. I think. Queensland's on a, operating at a certain a certain level. So, like, if you want to go back play for the you know Red Heavies or whatever you want, like, fine. But like, you've got to cut the shit. And the the Melbourne comp and the Canberra comp are a little bit below where the Shoot Shield is at in terms of standing. So, like, I the for that individual, well. yeah, I, I think it is. But I think it's with I think it's within stone's throw where you could like if you put ten games up, like it's not the end of the world. I like, saw Kieran Longbottom otherwise, score a fifty-meter try in Perth Club comp. I did. Oh, the Perth, did the Perth comp. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's, Kieran it's Longbottom scored right? a fifty-meter so, try. Shout out uh, to that guy. Big fan of the show. There's a kid I know who played in the try yesterday, but he he's over at the force on like a three or four-year deal. Uh, he's a prop, and he went over as an 18, 19-year-old. So he's going to do four years there, um, and effectively he'll play at least three of them for associates, zero, zero super football. So I don't, I don't know about it. Like, uh, someone needs I don't to know, but it. it's not in the club's interest either because they're not that's, playing people. That's a crazy know? fucking deal to sign. Like I can get why you want to guarantee your future and stuff, but uh, you're kind of fucking yourself a little bit there in my eyes. Well, yeah, but it's, it's, you know, it's not like if, if you, if you, most 18 year olds or 19 year olds, you, you offer them a deal with a super rugby team, they'll, They'll fucking they'll be the on the bus. They'll be on the bus before you finish. Yeah, I would take it. But looking back now, I'd go. Looking at it now with a little bit of hindsight, I'd go, oh fuck, I wouldn't do that. No way. Well, I mean, I think if you offered a full contract anywhere, you you have to take it and run the risk. But the problem is, and like Melbourne, you see it a lot, not just from me, but you see a lot of guys who cycle through, do one year, and then end up back in either shoot shield or they go to like fucking. Turkmenistan to play football or something but it just because you played no football you got no runs on the board your last highlights tape was two years ago things like that so it's very difficult I got an offer to play in Romania once <laughs> yeah the coach I, got the sack the following week and then told me that, that uh, he didn't get paid for six months I'm like oh yeah it's very scary I find Romania scary I wouldn't like to go there to play football fuck no dude there'd be some Monsters over there. They punch holes in you. I've, every as like a sixteen year old, I used to watch rugby fights on YouTube, and all of them were in either French Division Eleven or um, Romania and Georgia. I'm sure we've talked about this uh, at length, and I know you're a big fan of Russia and Russian culture. Um, 
<laughs> but uh, geez, they pay their rugby coaches some cash over there, dude. We got to do that. Yeah, we, did, we, we did talk about that because there was, a, there was a offer going around. They were looking for a forwards and a backs coach, and they were saying it was ninety thousand US dollars for the, oh, wow. for the season, which wasn't a long season either. Um, That's on the bucket list. That's on the fucking loose head sports show bucket list. Just fucking. Community coaching together, maybe Holloway can come as well. We'll go. All I, think the way I think you and Putin would get on quite well. Really, you have similar political views, um, similar ideologies, similar interests. <laughs> he likes he likes jujitsu and he likes his martial arts. He likes hunting bears. Uh, he's a womanizer like you are. <laughs> uh, he's into his drugs. <laughs> so yeah, you two click day one. Hit it off. Well. Look, I know you're a big fan of all his propaganda and stuff, but uh, don't drag me down with you, Jed, please. <laughs> oh, actually, Go on. so I was contacted by the person who I said hit golf balls yeah, into okay. houses on my street. Contact contacted me, me too. To say you that... To make your first correction ever? No, because I'm not sure I want to fully correct it. <laughs> They're an exce- they basically said they were an accessory to the murder. They weren't the murderer. They said that they were present with the golf ball hitting but they didn't do it themselves however they don't have a full recollection so to me that's they're to it's me like, they're still a murderer but it's like trying I'm, to hide like yeah, this yeah exactly <laughs> they were what they were looking the other way but hearing mate that um, guy's a, that guy's so, a yeah. fucking maniac whoever whoever you're talking about shout out to them i know they're a big fan of the show you can only imagine what they are doing now at some town big Trump, in America. Big Trump fan as well. Big oh, Trump, big huge Trump guy. Huge Trump fan. Huge Trump huge fan. Huge Trump guy. <laughs> All right. What teams, what team are you week you doing this week? I reckon maybe a misfit 15 would be good. Like 15 guys who might have gotten trouble around the around the traps. You're starting to get some fucking uh recognition with that. I had people in America going, Hey, your your balding 15 team got shared in our WhatsApp group. The other day. Um, yeah, good. Uh, it's very fun. I, ben Benny Morris, he helps me out. He's he's a very very smart man. He was like a ninety nine point nine student, so he's got he's got a memory of a lot of people. I, the one for this week was going to be the Smith fifteen. So it was everyone with the last name Smith, and I uh, chucked I them in a side because like, it was already coming together quite a good side. Um, but fuck, there was some people not happy with Chris Benoit at nine. I personally like an aggressive nine. Well, how, does um, Goldberg, how did Goldberg not get in the squad? Where are you picking him? Well, I think he'd be like a damaging sort of back rower, maybe late in the game. You know. Well, I had Kurt, Kurt Angle as a seven, man. He's an he's Olympic athlete. Well, Kurt Angle is, is a super Goldberg, athlete. Super Gold, athlete. Goldberg, for me, if you're playing anywhere, he'd be playing maybe a two. But Mick Foley really strikes me as a guy who he'd be a two. Like he, or yeah, he'd, no, be a, he'd be a... Goldberg's a round dude. He, I, I had him as a prop or potentially a number eight, but you, you can't compete with – I can't remember who was number eight. It was someone good, though. But then the Rock, you got the Rock in the team, didn't you? Hey, Triple H, number eight, jumping number eight. People Jeez, forget Triple Hulk Hogan. H is killing it. Hulk Hogan, yeah. Oh, look, man. People forget Hogan was, Hulk Hogan was six foot seven. He's, like, that's a that's a big dude, man. You got to you got to remember, like the hard part of selecting is sometimes you have to leave out some good people. Um, <laughs> there were some people very upset by that one, and uh, I had an Irish guy write to me that he was very pissed off that uh, Rory Best didn't make the the headgear fifteen, um, which is point. probably fair, but that's I couldn't a, think. 
That I is a good think, point. I couldn't think about it at the time. Um, but, yeah, some people get really rattled by non-selections. Ben Daly uh, liked it, and he was quite happy to be nominated as captain of that you know, that he's side. A, so He's a good man, Ben Daly. Shout out to Ben Daly. Uh, he... Like he's he wears an iconic head. Yeah, no one can, no one can ever doubt his scrum cap and its abilities. And he he he's a great bloke. He's a great bloke. He was there from my second stint in Melbourne. He's very nice to me. Fuck, dude. I don't know what if else you got? Bar so, but good. I'm good fucking. On him. I'm fu- Well, you know, he's a big fan of the show, obviously. Dude, I'm fucked out of my mind, Dave. You got anything? Anything else that you want to fucking rant on? Yeah, you're hating Australians of the years. You know, anything? Oh, hold on. She was horrible, so I'm not, I'm not compl- I'm not ever taking that back. Um, no, no, why should you? Why should you? No, one thing I will say is I we talked a couple of weeks ago about whether we're going to see long skins in Australia, long leg skins. Gee, they're happening a lot in England at the moment. Fuck, I'm drunk. Do you reckon it's more to do wind? with the weather or because of the AstroTurf? Uh, I think English people are softer people. No, I think <laughs> it's got a lot to do with the AstroTurf. So, um, have you yeah. ever played over uh, there? Yeah, it's fucking horrible. How horrific, mate! You know, like those, like here is beautiful. Even shitty day here is still a beautiful day. But you walk out the door in London, and it's you know those sort of windy, sort of cold, oppressive days when you're like hunched down to fucking walk oh, through it. What the like fuck? I, I reckon the weather influences that place so much, man. Like as soon as well, it's all sunny, the pe- all the people have got like vitamin D deficiency, and they're all sad. I'm 100%. sad enough. I don't need that vitamin D deficiency. No, um, dude. But best, I played, fun, best fun I had played, in the UK is when they cancelled games, honestly. Yeah, we played in France and like I got off the bus and I inhaled ice and I was like, what the? F- what are we doing here? Um, AstroTurf against all these French guys who just wanted to gouge your eyes out. Um, and it was horrific. So I can't say I was dying to go to France um, to play again. I like France is a place. Like if I have a jumper on and a schooner, we're we're on. Oh, Italy, but, Italy, Italy's fucking Italy without the rugby and the the people. Oh, what a place, dude! Fuck. I actually have heard. I've got two very very good friends who both played in Italy, and they both struggled immensely. I struggled immensely. I uh, and it's not like I think that there was an article or there was a thing about Pacific Islander boys really struggling in Europe, and I fully I. I can understand where they're coming from, man. Like they're well, they're already at a, at a different culture in Australia, but yeah. Europe. Like Jared Barry went over there um, to Italy, and Bachelor did two seasons in Italy, it, and he was. They just said it was very, very, very hard, very yeah. hard, not being able to speak to anyone. I'd sit um, in a team meeting, not understand a single word that was going on. Everyone's just going off, and, and that's no different from the rest of your career. But this time was in a different language. That's right. Yeah, why, so are, like, why are they all yelling at me? <laughs> they're just looking at you, just abusing you and smoking. Um, but there was, there was yeah, a lot can, of abuse of me. Fuck. I can understand tough. that when the Polynesian boys like who do like maybe two years in New Zealand, two years in Australia, end up in France, like that's not that's not easy, man. That's going to be really difficult. No, so. it's um, playing rugby overseas is not for everyone. I don't think it was for me. I enjoyed living in other uh, other countries uh, and experiencing other cultures, but it wasn't. You know, it, it was totally a step out of my comfort zone. Um, oh, Charlie, yo, I remember one thing you wanted to talk about. You wanted Go. to talk about um, exercising once you retire. 
Oh yeah, well, you and I have had this chat before, but I was just I was just gonna say like your whole rugby career. So look, basically, my entire adult life, I had a reason to train and exercise. And you know, whilst I was never the best trainer, I would still train. Like I was still healthier, healthier than I am now. Anyway, and then all of a sudden, you stop playing, and you go on. I really don't need to go and do that run now because like for your whole career, you have a reason to go and do it so that when you come, you know, when you go back to training, you're going to be a little less shit at rugby. And then when you stop playing, you don't have that reason anymore. And you got to find new reasons. And and yeah, really the only reason I have now is so I stop being as much of a fat fuck. And yeah. And that's not necessarily a strong enough reason to really fucking kill my to hammer myself. You're um, also married. I don't think that makes a difference, bro. Like, oh, uh, fuck not, off, mate. It shouldn't. I, re- I reckon <laughs> you should put, you should put effort in no matter what, but I was just saying, you and I were saying the other day that, that a really healthy attitude to have is, is to, to never actually stop exercising and to make oh, sure that the habits that's, you picked up in your career, you, you transition into, key, the rest of your, was- into the rest of your life. Uh, I believe I was complaining uh, after I finished boxing. I'm boxing twice a week, and I was I couldn't breathe. Uh, and I go because I actually just like boxing, so I don't know if I'm getting fitter or skinnier, but I, I like boxing, so I go. And I was so fucked. It was a hot day, and I was boxing with a guy who's a good boxer, and I was so so fucked, couldn't breathe. I'm like I'm way too heavy. If I'd been able to just talk to myself from 2017, just be like, hey, go for a walk once a day. Like, yeah. and you still have the same fitness, same body. Um, that would be a really smart thing. But I, I reckon people should look, and I've had this argument for years, people should look at a rugby career as a really enjoyable hobby that you take very seriously, but it's not what you do for a living. You, you're still, you're still going to keep those habits to, to transition to the rest of your life, but you're studying, you're fucking working on a business, you've got some sort of side thing that you do. And you you still take rugby incredibly seriously and put all into it, but you know once it goes and it will go eventually, you've got all this other stuff that you do already, and then the good habits that you've applied to that you can take onto the rest of your life. That's what I think. Anyway, you, you get guys that are like a one or two year Super Rugby player who just do nothing but the Super Rugby, and then all of a sudden the contract's gone, and they're like, "Well, what do I do now?" Yeah, I mean, those guys particular, like if they bounce out young, like we both know someone, or you know him better than me, who bounced out young and like it's tough. It's tough. It's very tough then. Like if you're 24, you have ne- you have no tertiary education. You've been getting paid to sort of drink beers and because you were semi-good at football and then you then you, you have nothing now. You have nothing. Yeah. You've got literally nothing. So um, there's guys who I played with who were, even when they were full-time, who are unbelievable, like, Tom Kingston, fucking he's the smartest man alive. But the whole time I was with him, he was studying me the whole time. And he already had a law degree. He was doing something else. Uh, Cam Crawford, like really smart dude. Just like doing, he used to, on his day off, he used to do, he was doing like not an internship, but he was doing effective experience at like a, you know, a, a firm of some sort of finance firm. Like those are guys who are really proactive and they're killing it. Now. Like they kill, like Don Shipley as well. Like they, they're killing it. But I think there's guys as well who then bounce out and sort of struggle to know what the fuck they're going to do. I don't know. I, I, I still don't know, like particularly when you're a pro and you get like a 5000 or 10000 allowance or whatever it is, why everyone isn't doing something. They should. It's, it's paid for. It's, they fucking pay for it. Like, just do yeah. it. 
It's paid for. DM me and I'll do your assignments for you for money. But just do it. Because, like, you don't want to be 30 in, and you haven't finished your Bachelor of Arts. You know, it's tough. You know, like, I, I, I like um, Carlo Tizano and Camille, shout out to the boys starting at, like, a journaling company. That kind of stuff, man. Like, uh, Malachi uh Watini Zelezniak who I actually played with for the, the country Eagles good fella starting a watch company guys having little side hustles and stuff away from sport that they could potentially start working on now and it like you you know like you're you're doing it with me with this podcast and we're trying to build an audience gradually get a following going and then we'll work out what the product actually is and it's fucking difficult bro it's difficult it's time consuming and it takes a lot of effort to actually build an audience. I'm starting to get there slowly with Wandering Bear Sports, but I still don't know what it's going to be. Like, I know what I want it to be, but I think if I'd have started this five or six years ago, I'd be a hell of a lot further down the track of, of this thing becoming what it's supposed to be. And I, I just think if you've got the time, a lot of rugby players have an abundance of time. If you're not doing something to progress your life away from sport, um, you're probably making a mistake. Yeah, a, a bit like, you know, say you're not going down like the innovation path. Like, you know, the, you'd argue like podcasts, watches, like the, the journal thing's cool. Like that's sort of innovative, you know. Like, you know, even just to do something like it would be nice for some, for, particularly why the education's paid for, like whether you're doing a trade, whether you like, you'll be able to trade a little bit off your name. So, like, if you if you do five, what I was years, saying before, hundred percent. Yeah, you can be. You know, you are so and so. Like, you're Hugh Roach, you're Jed Holloway. You're you're a guy who people in certain fields and you know in most rooms, someone will know who you are. So they'll be able to give you a leg up. You know, you'll be able, you, there's so many rugby guys in finance and in the who got short balls in there, but you've got to at least have the ticket to get in. You got to have something to get in, so you know, help yourself. Really, like I will say, there was there wasn't a lot of guys who were studying very hard in my experience, um, particularly when I was full time. But the guys who were are fucking super successful now because not only were they, you know, two cap wallabies and hundred super games and did this and that, but they also did their stuff and now the the guy who liked them and remembered that game he did this gave him a short ball in somewhere and they're they're flourishing so uh, I, I i will never understand why even if you end up failing and fucking pulling out why you just don't enroll in something it's that are you are paying for it just do it you could do a drone pilot's course because you got to have a pilot's license to actually fly drones commercially then you could go and set up a drone camera business yeah, just, just yeah, honestly, do your do, do your scuba li- do your scuba license. It doesn't matter. Just do something. Yeah. You're not paying for it. Like, why wouldn't you do it? I um, I want to become yeah. a I want to become a wedding celebrant. I'm going to do that this year. My um my roommate, also my mother, she just did, she just finished hers. She just, just finished hers. So that'll be fun. part of that. Part of that was marrying my father with one of his friends on camera on one of the on the other day. So. It's very enjoyable watching. Can you release that footage. <laughs> it was very enjoyable watching. Um, but it's, I'll tell you what, it's not an easy course, Chucky. They make, in terms of, it should be way easier than it is, but someone's gone, all right, let's make this hard. So you've got to do like 10 different videos. 
you're marrying different people, different cultures, different religions. Uh, you actually have to do some work. <laughs> yeah, it, and like, that. you know, what that generation's like with technology. So, oh, you know, my mum's like, can you make this video transported over there? I'm going, fuck. Use the Bluetooth. No. Use the Bluetooth and shit. There's, there's blue teeth everywhere. Someone get me a blue teeth. But more, like, I guess my point, Jed, is if I'd have started this podcast six years ago, how much further down the track would it be? You know, it would be further down the track. But also, podcast didn't really exist six years ago. Yes, they did. They did, but they didn't. It wasn't daily listening for everyone. It was, was, it? It was oh, more nominal. It was, it was less, but that's what I'm saying. Now you'd be absolutely killing it. I, I first discovered podcasts maybe five or six years ago, and ever since then I wanted to do one and. My only regret is that it took me five or six years to do it. Apart from all the other bad decisions I've made in my life. Yeah, well, that's I, 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 I tend to agree with you. I also would like to be the local member for Ride. So I'm going you, to take, I was actually going to ask that. Like, are you going to get into politics? Like, you've no, got a lot of heroes in politics. I can't do Why? it. Why? Bro, imagine. Think about the things people are getting cancelled for these days. Imagine. I <laughs> I actually, I'm a lot more straight than Chubby paints me on here. I'm not a big drug enthusiast. Uh, I'm not a binger degenerate as as I'm painted on the two loose heads. But, I, bro, they'd find, like, a photo of me with a schooner in the eight and be, like, underage drinking. You know, I couldn't do it. I like the way Donald Trump dealt with all that. He's like, I did say that. I know, like, I know you're a big Trump guy, but. And obviously, you're a fan of his as well. But you know, when he was when he was getting done for all that that sort of stuff, he just like, I didn't say that about women. I only said that about Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look. To, I mean, it's to terrible. Think about it. Could you not laugh? That, at that guy. That guy started with nothing in his pocket, but a billion dollars, and he somehow made it. It's, that's that talk about inspiration. That's inspiration. We managed to turn ten million dollars into a couple of hundred million dollars, like, or something that, like that. That's inspiring, bro. Like, if 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 only I had ten million, I reckon I could do something very similar. Get a hair piece. Um, yeah, Stormy make Daniels. A slogan. Stormy Daniels. Make Man, North Ride we... better again, or <laughs> make North Ride okay again. <laughs> no, West Ride. Make the two on one great again. The two on one okay again <laughs> and one, one one of my slogans will be cutting off the shire from the rest of sydney as it is oh, full of how good, be? how good would that be bro fuck why do so many people like coming here it annoys me it's so far away oh, it's not that far it's it is i far. occasionally i occasionally go down to see jai awab and his family and f- i might as well pack a day bag and get a flight from Qantas, mate What's he doing? Far. Is he overseas at the moment? Yeah, Jolo's pretty tough life. Goes on six to 12 international trips a year for at least a week. Uh, he's at the Super Bowl with Robbie Does Farrell. he need anyone well, to host? I tell yeah, you what, I'm a, lo- I'm a lot of fun, Joy. You know this. If you ever need hosts, then <laughs> I am available. Um, <laughs> Robbie, well, they get, they get no, no offence to us, but they get greats of the game to do it. <laughs> yeah, but I doubt those guys are as fun as us. Well, actually, I will say they had a guy. No, fuck it. They had Bo Ryan do one, and he wasn't very good. <laughs> what? That's like 
Oh, I got some stories about that guy. Fucking hell. Well, I'm just saying, like, he's a he's a very funny guy, but he wasn't a great host. Mate, I would be a great host. You would be a great host. I already know this. But look, maybe we could have um, loose head sports tours, go to the Hong Kong Sevens, you know, just fucking go around and do all that kind of shit. Oh, the new Bali Nine with the loose head sports tour. I'm saying we get Todd Carney involved. Um, oh, bro, Todd, I feel so bad for Todd Carney, man. What a, he's on that Mad Monday thing, that, that Instagram, and he looks, he just looks sad, man. They're just having him. Turn up at vendors and hold a screen. It's so sad. That sounds fucking great. <laughs> what else did we have to rant about? I think that's pretty much it. You got anything that's else? That's pretty much you, it. Well, look, so big- super, super starting. So super, super's kicking off. Um, I, I will say, uh, I'm not going to change my power rankings from the first thing. I still am going to have Brumbies one. I know they lost to the Tars in the wet. Don't care. Um, and they also were missing some very crucial people. I'll have – actually, no, I'll have Reds 1, Brumbies 2. Um, I'm going to have – I'm going to have the Rebels at 3. I'm going to have the Rebels at 3, Force at 4, but I think the Force will be – I think the Force will beat some teams this year, and I will have the uh, Tars at 5, but I will say the Tars – the whole thing, the vibe, the fucking trials, the it all looks way better. So it is what it is. I just think the other teams, like the Reds are a fucking good side um, and the Brumbies are a really good side. So prove me wrong to those guys. Uh, also, power rankings from the weekend. I, I actually had Hunter at one, um, I thought. And I agree. I agree. Well, who'd you have at two? Probably Wes. I think I'd power at two. But okay. it was. I didn't watch it. Was I didn't watch it closely. Yeah, I watched it pretty close. Oh man, I watched it. It was put fairly close. So, Paris certainly doing something over there. Um, but yeah, Hunter looked Hunter looked decent, and also they get they'll get pretty much everyone from the Tars thirty to forty. So we'll see how that goes. Are you working this week? Yes, I'm scaling back my work commitment slowly. The, the, yes, but oh, yes, I am. Okay, we'll talk. We'll talk. I feel. I feel like we've accomplished quite a lot here. Um, so to summarize, oh. you're going to be looking to get into politics. Yep. Um, you're a big Vladimir Putin fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're testing Jed Gillespie um, THC vapes at the moment. <laughs> That's about it. But look, but there's been a really big uptake in uh, caffeine gum. Um, yes, there has. Thank you sorry. for everyone, man. Oh, there's nothing as good on planet Earth as waking up in the morning, seeing a ton of money in your bank, not a ton, but a good amount of money in your bank account for something that you did literally nothing to do or earn. And um, That's not a good ad for caffeine gum, bro. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, all the super rugby teams are buying it now, almost all of them. The NRL teams, you know. Sometimes I chew it as I go to bed and I just don't sleep because that's how fucking good it is. So... Go out and buy it. I used to use it a lot when I was training. Sometimes you don't want a coffee before you train because it makes you vomit and need to go to poo. So just have a caffeine gun yeah, and you'll be firing. Mate, that's absolutely right. Look, uh, we have a big motto at Wandering Bear Sports um, that we only sleep about 40 minutes every month and uh, we just live the most erratic lifestyle possible, floating between cities, just basically do what you want moment to moment, talk shit on the internet. Fuck, dude. Living the fucking we, dream, bro. If we can get Wandering Bear to 2,000 followers uh, in the next month, I will move into Chubby's house 
Um, so <laughs> that's incentivize that. That's really bad. Uh, doing that. So I will move in with Duncan Chubb if we can get to 2,000 likes on the Wandering Bear show uh, by Caffeine Gum. And that's well, about we, it. We're going to come up with some kind. I reckon we'll do like a shirt drop or something soon. I'm going to buy a screen printing kit and we'll come up with like some unique designs that we'll fucking put out there so that we can, you know, start providing more valuable uh, value, make money from our community. I'm just going to start selling drugs and alcohol to miners to pay for his rent and things he likes to do in real life. Yeah, dude. Um, I said dude a lot this thing. I've got this thing. I've got this weird um, defect where I hear something and then I just keep saying it over and over again. But no, this is a lot of fun. I'm thinking we got to turn this up a notch this year. We're getting some good, good listeners, good audience. People like the show. Um, so please, please get around us on the social media at Two Loose Heads on the Instagrams. We've got to get Facebook, Twitter, all that kind of shit sorted. There's so many things to do in the social media game, people, but uh, we'll get there eventually. And I think Jed and I will probably get a content house in LA soon and, uh, you know, interview TikTokers and like NFL players who get in trouble and shit and probably start like a famous vlog where we just go around bullying people. 100%. Couldn't agree with that more. It's been good fun. Uh, there will be more vlogs coming about strange things in the game like that. So. Yeah, sweet, bro. Sweet. Oh, stay oh, online. You're telling me that story. Yeah, I want to yeah, hear that I've story. got a story to tell you offline. Hot. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And if you don't chew caffeine gum, fuck you.